Welcome to season six of A Dash of Grit. You know, over the times, we've talked a lot about building businesses, building small businesses, turning them into something. We've never talked about building a bank. Want to start a bank? Let's learn how. John Park is next. This is A Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. Folks, starting a new business is easy. You wake up one morning, you turn it on, you get to work, you go through some grit, you roll up the sleeves and away you go. Is it the same when you're starting a bank? I always thought banks just always existed. They're just always there. I didn't know someone had to start them. Of course, that's obvious. And and I'm really excited to share with you today. Um, our guest is John Park. John Park started a bank. He started the Westfield Bank, and he um, is the current executive chairman and founding CEO of Westfield Bank. Most folks in the Ohio region know John, and I'm excited to introduce you to him through Dash of Grid. John, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. Nice to be here, Brian. I'm really happy that you're here because I we have so many different types of guests on Dash of Grit and so many stories of accomplishing things over uh, time and through grit and trial and excellence. But I just don't understand how you start a bank. And I've always been interested in it. And, and, I, and I just can't wait to hear the story before we get into the trials and tribulations of doing such a thing, which I know must be vast. Let's talk about success. Brag a little bit, if you would, about the bank, about yourself. What are you proudest of? You've accomplished so much in your time. Let's start with the success. Uh, what's great for John Park? Yeah, well, I mean, the Westfield Bank has been an exciting journey. When you start a company, you never know exactly where it's going to go. Um, and I know we'll talk about this in a minute, but when you start with zero revenue, there's no assurance that you're going to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, we've grown to $2.1 billion in assets. Um, we employ 200 people. We have over 25,000 customers. We've created a great culture. We have a family-friendly work environment, kind of a can-do workforce. We've won two uh, top employment awards in Northeast Ohio as a top employer. Mm -hmm. And we've grown, I mentioned kind of from zero, but we're the 10th largest of 171 uh, community banks that are headquartered in Ohio. So uh, so we've come a long way, uh, probably more than I would have imagined, you know, if you back up 22 years. Yeah, and that's how it happened in 22 years. And it's just stunning how, how, how you can become the 10th largest of all of them in that amount of time. What are you most proud of looking back now on what you began, which we're going to discuss, but what are you most proud of as far as looking back to what you have now? Yeah. I mean, I really, uh, I've enjoyed and I find it very rewarding creating uh, sustainable jobs. Uh, so I mentioned we have 200 and they're pretty well-paid jobs uh, for most of them are in, in Northeast Ohio. Many of them are in Medina County, um, but helping businesses. So I really have a passion for getting to know businesses and finding financial solutions to help them grow. Um, we, of course, do deposit solutions as well. Um, but learning about and being a financial partner in all these the different businesses throughout Northeast Ohio is exciting, you know, to, to see not only as the bank grows, but to see our customers grow. This yeah. has been great. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the vision for that. Is that what you were hoping to build at the time? Let's go back to the early days because I know that I don't know, actually, I just have to assume, I just have to assume starting a bank from scratch has got to be one of the toughest things 
to do. And let's talk yeah. about that. Let's talk about how it got started and what kind of grit you had to show to get this done. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is it is a pretty big undertaking. So to be a bank, you first have to get a charter. So you can get that from either the state or the federal government. Uh, Westfield Bank has a federal charter, which allows us to operate in all 50 states. And of course, it's not easy. Uh, it's a relatively large gauntlet, heavily regulated industry. You need a lot of capital. Um, so to start a bank today, uh, the minimum is you have to put up $25 million dollars. Um, it was less when we did it. Um, so you need a financial partner. In our case, Westfield Insurance is our shareholder and they put up the initial capital. But then uh, without going into too much detail, you have to have the products. Uh, and of course, you need products that are going to be competitive because banking is a crowded field. It's a bit of a commodity. So if you're going to start a bank, in our case, you already have Key Bank, Huntington, Chase, Fifth Third, on and on, and they're already satisfying most customer needs. So you have to try to figure out what can you do different to win business away from them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, banking, I often describe it as a cash factory. So we make loans, but we also handle significant amounts of deposits. So uh, from, a, from a cash perspective, you have to have very extensive controls because your product is cash. And of course, you have lots of people trying to steal it. Uh, you now have cyber criminals. Um, you can have employees that can steal it. Customers can steal it, you know, on and on. Um, it's a relatively complicated process to build risk management. Um, you know, we clear $60 million a day. It's all electronic, but lots of things can go wrong. Uh, you know, you don't wow. want to lose any of the money. Um, but the, the volume is significant. So $60 million a day and all of that hardship and hurdle and the money to put up in the beginning to get it started. I'm interested in why, what's the, is it, what's the purpose of a Westfield insurance wanting to create a bank and wanting to go through this? Yeah, sure. Um, things are different now, but at the time, uh, I joined them in 2000 the insurance and the the property casualty industry, which is business, home, and auto insurance, was struggling. And for many companies, they weren't making money. Uh, it was super price competitive, and their profits were relatively thin. So at the time they hired me, they saw banking as a opportunity to diversify their capital and get a more steady stream of profit uh, coming in that's unrelated to their business, which in, you know, property casualty typically um, is a weather-related business. When you have a bad storm, costs them a lot of money and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but banking it doesn't have that correlation. So the earlier thought also was that since we already had a million uh, insurance policyholders that we cross-sell banking services to them, many others, there were 32 other insurance companies that started banks, and that hasn't worked for anybody, including Westfield. Um, and, you know, that's probably a story for another day. Um, so, you know, one of the earlier things that we did at Westfield Bank, we tried cross-selling, wasn't working. Uh, so then we started hiring our own sales force and going direct, focusing initially mainly on the commercial business market. Mm-hmm. And what kind of pressure was on you at the time? So was it a side hustle idea thing that Westfield Insurance had? Or was it, look, this has to happen. And John, you're our guy. And and how did that make you feel regardless? When you came in, what was the pressure like for you? 
Well, of course, there was a ton of pressure because, um, you know, you start spending money. It's like we have to get these systems, hire all these people. So before we opened and had any customers, we probably had 20 employees. So you have payroll, wow. you have no revenue. Um, so, yeah, there's there's quite a bit of pressure. Um, you, you know, I guess I'm pretty entrepreneurial. I kind of took it in stride and I just you, you have to be very adaptive and, and evolve with the environment. Um, and of course, there were struggles in the in the beginning on different things that would uh, happen. Um, and you just have to pivot relatively quickly and say, okay, that didn't work. Let's try something else. Um, or this product isn't selling. Let's you know either get a different product or change the features of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the beginning, Westfield Bank's focus has been, uh, you know, on relationships and out servicing the larger banks. So having a more personal kind personal connection, solutions, orientation than many of the larger banks. And we have continued to build around that to this day. And that's that's worked relatively well for us. But yeah, the, the, the pressure is definitely on. Um, if it doesn't work, you know, not only, you know, am I at risk of losing my job, but you have a whole team of people you just hired, you know, that are, are dependent on you for their their livelihood. <laughs> yeah. So. And isn't it amazing how in that situation, I think of this, of, of the starting a bank as this really amazing, wild, crazy thing. And yet that's the same story that every small business owner has. Absolutely. They've got employees, they've got mouths to feed. Those employees have mouths to feed. Like we, we've got to keep this thing running. And any one day something can happen that yeah. throws it all off. And so it's really right. not different, is it? When you're talking no. to, to folks. No, it's not different. You know, another challenge when you start a bank, of course, you're trying to win business away from the other banks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so I mentioned service and relationships. But a bank, uh, as we make loans, another way of thinking about it is we're an investor. So we partner with businesses, we understand their business model, and then we pick ones that we think are going to be able to repay us and we invest in their business. And you have to have a really good track record. So um, the margins in banking, everybody views banking as like this massively profitable business, but we work on a 1% margin. Uh, So if you translate that into, let's just say you do a billion dollars in loans, um, you you won't you only have a margin of error of one percent before you wipe out your profit. So mm-hmm. you know so you have to generally get all the money back with interest. Um, and our track record, fortunately, over the twenty years, we've originated I think seven billion in loans, uh, and we've gotten ninety nine point eight percent of the money back. You know so you have to be a very astute, disciplined, and consistent investor to keep getting those results. And those are big stakes. Was there ever a moment or a time where it felt like it wasn't going to happen? It was going to crumble this idea, this dream, or was that ever a situation where this, we got to fix this now or we're on the wrong track and we, you know. Yeah, probably the closest thing to that uh, is if we go back pre great recession, um, many people probably remember subprime mortgages and we had started a mortgage business. Uh, It was, was pretty good size. We had 24 employees and the subprime business, I, I was never a fan of it, and I didn't allow our bank to do it. Uh, but we were losing a lot of market share because everyone was doing this, you know, zero down payment, you know, make up your income, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't do it, and we were losing business. Um, and eventually, you know, our volume was shrinking, and I wasn't making money in, in that business. So uh, in 2007, we made the difficult decision to we were just going to shut it down. 
and as a startup and you're growing and hiring all these people, it's a painful thing to do. But well, we had 24 employees. Many of them got laid off, let go. Um, but, you know, if you fast forward, it became a little bit fortuitous because it was only one, two years later that there was the big subprime crash. Um, and, you know, the challenge is starting a business. I, I'd like, to, you know, I'd refer to it as standing alone. You know, I had this opinion that this was just risky, bad, wasn't going to work out. But, you know, for years, probably six, seven years, many companies were minting, you know, millions, if not billions of dollars. Um, but by shutting it down as painful as it was, when the Great Recession hit, we didn't have any of that exposure. So we suddenly emerged to be one of the strongest, healthiest banks, although we were smaller, uh, relative to the big ones. Uh, there's a rating system. They call it the Bauer system. And we have had a five-star rating, the highest rating the whole time through the Great Recession. There's only one other Northeast Ohio bank that that can claim that. The, there's like 25 other ones. They all got downgraded to kind of, you know, intensive care status at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know. What a great lesson for folks that when, when you're doing the right things, the right things will pay off, even though you can't see it all the time. I'm wondering how that made you feel at that time when you're doing all the right things and you're following strong found, you know, foundational economics, you're making the right decisions and yet sure. you have to shut it down because others aren't. How did yeah. that, how did that ring? How did that ring true with you? How did you make that uh, you know, I mean, it, it's a challenge because your employees, of course, aren't all in agreement with you. They're like, well, all the other people are doing it, so we should be doing it as well. Um, and there, there's other times in the marketplace where there's excesses. And I, I uh, not to be controversial, but I would throw out cryptocurrency is, is one of them in this current environment. Mm-hmm. I don't think cryptocurrency has long-term staying power. It needs more transparency, regulation, and many other things. Uh, and our bank doesn't participate in it. Some of our competitors do. And I get that pressure today. It's like, you know, yeah. well, everybody else is getting rich doing crypto. Why aren't we? Well, um, you know, I might not be right, but I'm, we're missing making gobs of money, but we won't blow up. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So, yeah. Like, yeah. There's something to be said for that. And let, let's, let's go back to the beginning days then to Westfield. And I know that's been widely told about you kind of started a trailer on the side and I'm wondering how you build trust, how you build business and, and uh, the, the base that you need yeah. when you're in a trailer, how did people yeah. decide to do business with you when they could have done business with all of the other established banks? How did you pull that off? Yeah. You know, the secret to our success uh, was initially and still is people uh, so you build around people, you hire talented people. Um, and of course, having an office as a trailer is, um, you know, not the image anybody thinks about as a bank. And not only was it a trailer, but um, our insurance company parent uh, has this beautiful campus. If anybody's been to the Westfield campus, it's like a very pretty college campus. Well, they didn't want a trailer kind of sitting out in the open. So they had us put it in the back parking lot. So not only were we in a trailer, it was out of sight. Uh, So anyhow, to overcome that, it was about hiring people, getting people out and basically making house calls. So we weren't waiting for people to come to our location. Uh, We were sending our employees out, meeting with people and networking throughout Northeast Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, 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 when people said, when you begged for capital or whatever, however it looked to, to grow the, the brand and the vision and the, the location, because I know a lot of small businesses, 
if you don't have the best signs and the best lobby and the best, you know, if, if it doesn't look like you're a player, maybe they yeah. think you're not a player. I think that's not right. I think you need to grow with who you are and be who you are. But was there ever any pressure on you to, or on the others to kind of fix that faster than it should have been fixed to generate more business? Yeah, of course. Um, we, we were fortunate and then we got some early adopters, you know, there was a yeah. number of businesses and people that became customers. And so part of it is, uh, you know, building on the success, telling stories, you know, why did people change to us? Uh, but from the beginning, we've also heavily worked networking and referral sources. So we're very connected with insurance agents, CPAs, attorneys, wealth managers, and, uh, you know, so we're not saying come to our office and learn about us. We go to their offices. Yeah. Um, and that that's that worked in the beginning and continues to work for us today. We're we're extensively networked and I like to call us a connector. So, you know, we're referring business to them and we're introducing our customers to other people, you know, in the network that could be beneficial to them as well. And John, as the founding CEO, uh, you were there in the beginning. You've yeah. recently re retired from that position and now executive chairman and moving on to different things and, and you've built something great. I'm wondering from your perspective, is the vision you had for Westfield Bank the same as it is now? Or did you see something different, better, worse, sure. otherwise different? Uh, what, what did you think you were going to build and how close is that to what you actually were able to buy? Yeah, I mean, in the, in the first year, the vision was different. So in the first year, our vision was to be uh, mobile, electronic, online, not have locations. And I mentioned that the vision was to cross-sell to policyholders and work through insurance agents. And many of those things uh, we tried, but they, they did not work. Um, so uh, we adapted relatively quickly. But I, I would say our vision has been consistent after the first couple of years of experimentation. Our vision has been very similar. Uh, it's about finding solutions, building relationships, and outservicing the larger banks. Um, so we have the same capabilities as the larger banks, we like to say, uh, but we treat our customers as our friends, neighbors, and partners. Yeah. Um, so it's a, a little bit more of a personalized touch. Uh, so that vision has worked. And on the whole mobile online, um, we, we have modified that slightly. We do have seven branch offices. A bank our size typically has about 30 branch offices. So we've been able to keep our facility costs low. And of course, you know, not every customer loves that we don't have, you know, a branch in every town. Um, but it keeps, it keeps our costs lower and helps us, you know, remain competitive. So, so the vision has been consistent for quite a few years. And as we look ahead with our new CEO, Mike Toth, um, I think a lot of, a lot of what's working is a successful recipe and will likely continue. And, and you know, I, I think to the, the best businesses, the longest term business, sports teams, franchises, ownership, coaching, stability in the front office. Yes. You've, you've been there the entire time and, and uh, kudos to you because I think that helps to make sure that vision, you saw it and you built it. And now you mentioned Mike Toth coming on next. He's going to have all kinds of opportunities for to show grit, just like you did. I'm wondering uh, if you can anticipate what the upcoming hurdles would be uh, moving forward for Westville Bank and for Mike as you move forward. Yeah, you know, um, continuing that it's a tough labor market right now. So I'd say one of the bigger challenges is retaining your, your talented pool of people. Uh, we hear lots of stories of, you know, wage inflation competitors trying to steal people. And, and, you know, one, one of the, uh, 
you know, challenges, I suppose, as you get larger, as Westfield Bank has, and you get successful in your winning business from the bigger banks, is, of course, the bigger banks try to hire our people away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've created a great culture. Uh, our, our turnover is pretty low. Um, that helps us build relationships and sustain relationships with customers. But, you know, I'd say that the challenge uh, going forward is to keep a very, um, you know, engaging, desirable culture and keep our workforce intact. Because as I mentioned, you know, our secret to success is all about people. Um, And, you know, I think Mike's in a good place on that, but that's the challenge. Keep the team intact. And John, finally, as we as we get near the end of this show, I, I I know you've helped hundreds, thousands of businesses in the region grow. Yeah. In your experience, uh, what would you say to young businesses, startup businesses, small businesses trying to grow medium, medium businesses trying to go large? What kind of advice over your history of of helping them grow would you give them? Kind of in a nutshell, what would you say to them? Yeah, you know, um, it's been very helpful to Westfield Bank and many of our customers, I'd say, surround yourself with advisors. So, uh, you know, network or get introduced to a good attorney, a good CPA, a good insurance agent, a good banker. Um, And these people can give you advice and introduce you to other people that can help your success. So, you know, lots of times we say, you know, networking is the, the key to making or breaking it. Uh, we've been in a virtual world for a couple of years, but it hasn't changed the same old thing that, you know, networking and interacting with people that can help you give you advice is a pretty critical thing. So that that's probably the biggest. Yeah. Sometimes I, we talk about grit a lot and I, I always picture grit as I've got to do it. I've got to do the hard work. I've got to show up early. I've got to show up late. I've got to get yeah. it done. Sometimes the best grit you can have is to ask for help. Ask for help and, you know, ask go to help. others and get introduced to resources you didn't know were available. The Dash of Grit podcast is brought to you by Spire. Spire creates results-driven digital marketing and websites that help companies grow. Are you ready to break through the barriers that hold your company back? Take your growth higher with Spire. Learn more at spiread.com. John Park, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you for all you've done in Medina. I Spire has been there a year and a half now. And, and we love it. I hope that everyone can see what an amazing small town, big dream community that is. Yeah. And Westfield Bank and Westfield Insurance plays a huge role in that. And I really appreciate you, the, the uh, investment you've made in our communities. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. So it's a fun, fun to be with you this morning. Yeah, I appreciate it too. Thank you so much for being on the show and best wishes to you and the next things that you accomplish, the next opportunities to show grit. Next time things get hard, you just run back the show and say, I did it once before, I'll do it again. <laughs> Will do. Folks, thanks for listening to Dash of Grit. That's John Park. He is the former uh, former founding CEO, never former founding. He is the founding CEO of Westfield Bank and currently executive chairman of, of Westfield Bank and moving on to greater and bigger and wonderful things. And we appreciate his time on the show. If you would like to learn more about grit, there's 80 or 90 other episodes on dashofgrit.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Until we meet again, stay gritty, go get them and win the day. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things.